Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, basketball writer covering all things Kentucky. And Jack, it's been a long time, man. Appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Counting down the uh, hours and minutes to tip off just like you guys. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So let, let's just look at Kentucky as a whole because, you know, we've watched them a few times and uh, I know that uh, they've had some big games this year, but just following uh, you and some of the other uh, Kentucky media guys, especially, it seems like there's, this year has been up and down, had some good moments, but some bad moments. But just at this point in time, going into the season, is this about what you expected out of this team? Are they not really living up to the expectation? Just what's your overall feeling in general about this uh, Kentucky basketball team right now? Yeah, I think as of late, we're finally starting to see them uh, find their footing and become the team that maybe uh, maybe falling short of the expectation that, that the Kentucky fans had, but at least starting to, to look uh, show some sign of life that they could potentially be that team. Uh, they, they took that trip down to the Bahamas this summer where they looked like world beaters, beat every uh, you know, foreign professional team by 50 points and uh, look, really looked a part of, uh, of a team that had no flaws. They had shooting, they had rebounding, they had defense, they had length and athleticism. And uh, I mean, you, you had the returning talent, you had the reigning national player of the year back. So when you put it all together, it just looked like a team that, that had no flaws and one that, that, that absolutely should be coming, uh, at least competing for a national championship. And especially considering where things ended last season, it was kind of an expectation at this point that uh, they'd get, kind of right the ship and, and fix last season's mistakes, how, how things ended. So, uh, yeah, it has been a little bit of a rocky start. Uh, I don't think the pieces mesh together as quickly as they had hoped. Uh, when the regular season rolled around, they took some early lumps and uh, dealt with some early injuries, kind of like what, what Arkansas had been dealing with to open SEC play. And I think just now we're starting to see maybe uh, the divisions that we had for this team, you know, going into the year could potentially still be there. Still a long way to go. Um, still waiting to see an all-in complete effort where all of the shooters are hitting at the same time. All of the scorers are, you know, putting the ball in the hoop at the same time. So I think when when consistency finally hits is where the confidence will start to ramp up, but uh, we're at least inching closer to that. Currently, Bracketology has Kentucky around the 10 seed. What do you think the ceiling is for this team as far as seeding? Yeah, I think that this last stretch of games is really, really important. I think they could have as many as six quad one opportunities in the last uh, eight games of the regular season, and uh, that could really make or break things either way. If you, if you win all six of those quad one games, then uh, you're starting to put together a pretty darn impressive resume that right now they're one and six in quad one games that, uh, you know, the, I think the selection committee will look at that and go, eh, there's not a whole lot there. Uh, they have that quad four loss against South Carolina, uh, the worst team in the SEC. And then that just is really hurting this team's resume right now. And I think why, you know, the Joe Lunardis of the world are, are so down on their chances uh, so I think if, if they can kind of brush that quad four loss against South, South Carolina off uh, and, and can continue to, to stack solid win on top of solid win, they, they I think, strung together four straight quad two wins and the quad one down uh, at Tennessee. And I think if you can start to, to stack together some of those quad ones to close out the regular season, uh, I, I see no reason why they can't inch close back up to, uh, you know, that four seed line, five seed line, something like that. I, I still think, obviously, 
you know, number one, number two is out of reach. Uh, depending, you know, if they go on a, a crazy run to close out the regular season and, you know, win all, win the SEC tournament or whatever, then maybe a three seed or something like that. But uh, I think they could probably firmly be in that four or five uh, conversation of things and in, in, in the regular season the way I think Kentucky fans are hoping and expecting. So with Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Jack, uh, speaking of Oscar Shibway, the defending SEC player of the year, He's averaging about 16 points per game, nearly 14 rebounds a game. You see those numbers, and it just really uh, impresses you. But something I've noticed from uh, some people there, not only at Kentucky Sports Radio, but just to cover and watch Kentucky basketball, it seems like there's a lot of frustration sometimes offensively when Oscar is in the game and how the flow of things go. Could you kind of dive into some of those frustrations to where he's a really good player, but it seems like when he's in the game, the offense changes tremendously? Yeah, it's a great point, and it's, it's, it is a real frustration because Oscar Sheboy, as dominant as he is, and I know uh, you know we saw him dominate every single time he touched the ball last season in a way that, that I personally haven't seen with my own two eyes, but uh, he, he is somebody that uh, I think has become, you know, it, it's kind of forced this team to be a little one-dimensional at times where he is a safety, a safety net, but almost too much of a safety net where uh, instead of just running your offense and, and you know, moving the ball around and finding the best shot, you just pass the ball inside to Oscar and say, okay, we'll, we'll just fix all of our issues. And yeah, he is a dominant player and he is uh, unbelievably gifted at what, he, at what he does, but he's not, you know, Kofi Coburn. He's not Akeem Olajuwon, somebody that you pass it down down low and, you know, just say, all right, go to work and, and we'll see you on, on the other side. Uh, he is somebody that, yeah, he is a better cleanup specialist. And while he can knock down the occasional 15-footer, that's not his game. Uh, and uh, his usage has just been unbelievably high this season. And it has just kind of stalled things out elsewhere. Uh, I think that one of the big issues is once the ball goes inside to Oscar, uh, you know, he has it 10, 15 seconds. And, and the shooters on the outside kind of lose their engagement and, you know, kind of zone out. It's like a... Uh, left fielder and t-ball playing in the playing with uh, you know uh, butterflies and, and uh, daffodils out there kind of losing interest because they know the ball's never going to go out back back to them uh, I think that was part of the reason why Kentucky was missing so many shots earlier on in the year because they knew the ball wasn't going to get to them and when it finally did with three seconds left on the shot clock uh, they weren't shot ready so I think some of those issues are starting to fix fix themselves I think Cal has kind of realized that you know maybe that's not the best way to run this team that maybe Oscar just does need to be the same cleanup specialist he was last year and let him be a 20 and 15 guy uh, on putbacks and, you know, lobs and things like that. So uh, I think that has been a huge development for this team is realizing, you know, we don't just have to be, you know, Oscar centric and, you know, everything flow through him. We can still run our offense to, you know, to great lengths and, and find success elsewhere while still letting him eat down low. You mentioned some of the injuries that Kentucky has been dealing with. Who are some of those players that have come back from injury, and what kind of boost have they given to this lineup since they've been back? Yeah, uh, C.J. Frederick's the big one. He he just dealt with a finger dislocation on a shooting hand right when he was kind of finding his rhythm, you know, a career 47% three-point shooter. Uh, he was just starting to find his rhythm, then dislocates his finger. He comes back, and uh, he has a, a shooting splint on, on the back of his hand, and you know, really having trouble finding the touch and, you know, the feel that, you know, when, when you're a, a career shooter sniper the way that he is and, uh, you know, your muscle memory is just a hair off because you have that added 
splint to the back of your hand and just really throws things off. Uh, so he's fun. he just got that splint off this past game, and wouldn't you know it, he goes three for three to start the game, finishes three for six. But, you know, looking like the confident shooter that he was uh, back before that injury. Um, Savir Wheeler went down with a minor injury, and, and in his place, uh, Kaysen Wallace stepped in as, you know, Kentucky's primary point guard. And uh, I think that transition, of, you know, kind of changing of the guard, uh, has been the, the difference on this team. Kaysen has been a guy that I think for my money is the, the most talented all-around player on this team, uh, easily the most versatile two-way threat capable of taking the game over on either end of the floor. Uh, the, the keys being handed to him have been the difference in, in this season and kind of the late late turnaround. Him being point guard number one, the lead guard, you know, running the show and letting Xavier kind of slide into a, a, a bench role where he can be a spark plug energy guy. I think has really been the difference on this team. So it's not even that, uh, you know, that Kaysen was coming back from injury and he did, he did, he did suffer a minor uh, little in, leg injury here uh, last week, but uh, he's back to full strength and playing extremely well. It was unbelievable uh, just that this past week, the past game against Florida. So uh, I think those two in particular, Kaysen being able to emerge in that role because of the, of outside circumstance uh, due to injury. And then CJ Frederick coming back due to injury with, with his shooting hand, uh, issue. I think those have been two crucial uh, developments for this team. Now, Jack, when I see Kentucky lead the SEC in three-point percentage, and they're right there close to 37%, uh, do you feel like that, because I've seen this argument before, do you feel like that's showing that this is a really good three-point shooting team in Kentucky, especially for previous years, or is that maybe more showing that the SEC doesn't have a lot of great three-point shooting teams? <laughs> I, I definitely think it's a, somewhere in the middle of that, and it's also a little bit frustrating when Kentucky is as efficient as they are behind uh, the arc that uh, they don't shoot a lot. I think they're still ranked in the bottom tier of college basketball in terms of, of, of shot volume, and, and I think that does need to change, and I think part of that was because C.J. was out for uh, an extended stretch. So getting him back, he's always been a, a volume guy. Uh, Antonio Reeves is an absolute volume guy. He, he, he you know We've seen him jack up as many as 10, 12, attempts from deep in any given night. So uh, when he's on fire and hitting the way that he's capable of, capable of doing and, and CJ is kind of finding his rhythm, uh, I think those are two of the best shooters in, in college basketball for my money. Uh, and then Kaysen Wallace is, is emerging is uh, I think way better of a three-point threat than anybody was expecting out of him from, from high school. He was a, a solid three-point shooter out of high school, but definitely not flirting with, you know, the 40, 42-ish, uh, percent that he, he's shown he's capable of this. I think now he's, he's down to like, you know, 38, 39% overall, but uh, still right there in the running is still proving he's clearly capable of being an elite three point shooter. So those three in particular are really kind of uh, the difference on this team. It's been almost a month since Kentucky has lost a conference game and they have a six game winning streak. What have you seen from them over these past six games in conference? Yeah, I think a big part of that is the case in being point guard number one and, and understanding that, uh, you know, d- defenders have to account for him as a, as a shooter. When C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves are in, uh, in on the floor together, uh, you, you, you have to account for them both. There's not one guy out there that you can, you can sack off on and go, all right, well, leave him open. And that was kind of the frustration with Savory Wheeler. He, you know, his, his shooting numbers are okay, but – teams just do not respect him as a shooter and they're willing to sag off on him and double and triple team Oscar Sheboy down low. And that's where a lot of the congestion and 
facing issues kind of came from and why, you know, to start this conversation, uh, why Oscars kind of the, the Oscar dilemma was such an issue because uh, you had a non-shooter out on the, on the perimeter uh, and, and, you know, they just didn't respect his game as, as a shooter and, and they were able to, you know, double and triple team and trap and really just you know, try to make Oscar as uncomfortable as possible. And uh, he's proven that he's not a great passer out of the post and uh, takes way too long to make those decisions out of the post. And, uh, that led to a lot of late shot clock situations and four shots, turnovers, things like that. So uh, I think getting Savir uh, in, in a better situation off the bench where he can come in and be surrounded by shooters. You have Kaysen in there as a, as a lead guard, uh, surrounded by shooters and versatility and scoring and, and defense and length. And I think all of those things together, uh, the lineup changes and, and you know, Kaysen emerging as, uh, emerging as the, the primary point guard threat. I think has been the difference on this team. See with Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky Sports Radio here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Jack, let's turn the page and look at tonight's matchup, Arkansas-Kentucky. Uh, they're going to meet twice this year, of course, being in Rupp tonight, and then the final regular season game will be in Bud Walton in Fayetteville. Just what do you make of the Wildcats matching up with Arkansas? Because it seems like if you just look at the stats and a lot of the things, they have some similarities, but matchup itself, what do you make of it? Yeah, I think it's a matchup a lot of a lot of big physical uh, drive first guards that are capable of of really taking a game over uh, at the rim. I think both teams have those those type of physical guards, and you know, talking to John Calipari and some of the other coaches and players this week, uh, that's been a big point of emphasis. You know, make sure that, you know don't don't give up those line drives, uh, and you know, don't let those one on one matchups. Uh, you know, favor favor the Razorbacks. That's something that that has been a, a huge point of emphasis. I think they like where things stand with Oscar down low, and I think they they do like the matchup there. But uh, I'm really curious to see. You know, Casein Wallace is, is Kentucky's best defender. Who is he gonna? Uh, you know, who is he gonna guard? Is, are they gonna go with the size with Anthony Black, or you know, do, do you go with Ricky Council? How how, how do they go about? Uh, you know, those individual matchups and, you know, does Jacob Toppin slide over and, you know, he's a, our, you know, our, our primary four, does he slide over and guard Anthony Black just just out of size and versatility reasons? Or, you know, does Chris Livingston jump in there and, and you know, show off his physicality and, and try to uh, combat that? I know they, they, you know, Anthony Black and Chris Livingston had some head, head-to-head matchups at McDonald's All-American game and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of, uh, of head-to-head matchup battle questions that I, I'm really – uh, curious about and, and hoping that uh, some of those answers favor the Wildcats because I do think that this is the type of team that, uh, you know, when you do have McDonald's All-Americans, you do have, uh, you know, th- that type of talent head-to-head. I think it is something that, that um, has been bothersome to Kentucky uh, this season, and, and I think that's just got to be something that, that Kentucky has to contain, that, that those straight-line drives to the basket and the, the physicality with the guards. Outside of Sheepway, who's the player that you want the ball in his hands when uh, the game is on the line, or is that something that can vary from game to game for Kentucky? Uh, it has varied quite a bit uh, this season for Kentucky, and I think that has been uh, part of the progress that this team has made uh, is that it, it isn't just one guy that, that you know he is, has to take a game over to win games, and Sheepway has been that guy in the past. Uh, but Kaysen has emerged that guy. Antonio Reeves has hit some big shots as of late. C.J. Frederick, uh, like I said, he's getting his shot to fall a little bit uh, better. And, you know, just some various threats across the board that 
Uh, King, you know, Jacob Toppin is playing the best basketball of his career, uh, coming off a 17 and 10 performance where he was really dynamic on both ends and uh, looking to attack and finish well at the basket. With you know, showing some craft and touch and things like that. Uh, so, so the, you, you got some some you, you're working with with a lot of fire uh, in, a, in a bunch of different positions right now and a bunch of different guys playing well and it's, it's almost uh, you know Oscar's coming off a four point two of fourteen shooting game uh, where he had three turnovers and five fouls uh, you know at at his at the cost of him not playing well on either end he's kind of been exposed as, as a pick and roll um, you know liability on the defensive end of the floor and. Uh, things like that, at, at his expense, other guys have stepped up, and I think that's been a huge development and, and a crucial thing for this team. Kaysen just, just recently against Florida hit the big three-pointer to, uh, I think, move the, the uh, lead from four to seven points with three-ish minutes to go, uh, big dagger three on his end, and then he hit the two go-ahead uh, free throws to win the game for the Cats uh, there, there against Florida. So uh, he has kind of emerged as, as Calipari's trusted piece to, to kind of take a game over late, but uh, yeah, don't discount Antonio Reeves' ability to, to catch fire quickly or, uh, you know, any of the other starting five. You were really starting to, you know, kind of put together a pretty strong grouping there in the starting lineup. Jack, uh, I got to ask you, though, because I know how Razorback fans feel about Kentucky and Kentucky basketball, similar to what a lot of people do outside the state of Kentucky. But just from you and from the perspective of Kentucky, when you hear Arkansas basketball or when you think about Razorback basketball, uh, what what's the feeling? Is it is it hatred? Is it kind of like whatever? Like what what's the feeling from Kentucky fans and how they view the Razorbacks in basketball? You know, and it, it it has been a fun rivalry to kind of embrace and something that has you know grown. I think on the recruiting trail, especially seeing Eric Musselman really find his groove and, and you know secure commitments from guys like Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh and Nick Smith and uh, you know guys that Kentucky had flirted with. I know Nick Smith was somebody that. Uh, Kentucky went all in on it during the recruiting process and, uh, you know, because of some other things, the way they, sh- they shook out with, you know, who Kentucky had committed elsewhere and, and, you know, some of the guys they already had on the roster. Um, I think that was, was something that uh, I think is kind of lit a fire under John Calipari and uh, it's getting the best version of him as well. So uh, I think it's, it's a fun rivalry. I think it's something that fans uh, kind of secretly like Eric Musselman and, uh, just kind of the, the swagger that he has, the, the feistiness and the fiery uh, personality that he has. And, it, you know, it's, it's always good to see the SEC thrive and, uh, you know, produce high-quality talent and, and play high-quality basketball. And I think that's exactly what Arkansas is. And uh, it's, it's always good to add another, uh, you know, a, another strong rivalry uh, in conference play. So if Arkansas finds a way to win tonight, is this does that mean it's going to be their Super Bowl? Or is, if Kentucky wins, will it be their Super Bowl? Because isn't that the way it works in the SEC now with these other teams? <laughs> I know that's John Calipari's go-to with every team. But, uh, you know, I think I think both teams are, are, are respectful of each other and understand that, you know, the other is, is a high-quality opponent and a threat in, in, in the league. And um, I don't think that this qualifies as, uh, the other Super Bowl. I think there, there's a, a mutual respect of, you know, I, uh, both teams are very good. They're, you know, well coached right now. Like we, we just saw, uh, listening to John Calipari's call and radio show last night, um, he said, you know, this right now is when you get the best version of, of these coaches. You saw Eric Musselman flip, uh, flip up early on in, in SEC play. They start out 
uh, struggling the way that we did and, you know, backs against the wall, we got the best versions of ourselves. And that's kind of what makes the SEC so great. And uh, so I do think that there's a mutual respect.